0: Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Yeah. The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. Yeah. the last time you walked down the shining hallway of a big modern office building or a hospital corridor? Did you stop to wonder how the floors in schools, hospitals, and public buildings are protected against the thousands of feet that tramp across them? How they're kept beautiful in spite of all that traffic? Well, if you were to look into the janitor's supply room in these buildings, you'd find Johnson's wax polishes in a great many of them. Yes, those famous Johnson's wax products are used in the maintenance of millions of square feet of such floors from coast to coast. Careful tests have proved the wax method to be best for beauty, best for economy, and labor saving. And in these fields, too, polishes that bear the Johnson label are given top ratings. If you have anything to do with the problem of maintaining the floors in schools, hospitals, churches, office, and public buildings... It will pay you to write to S.C. Johnson, Racine, Wisconsin, or Brantford, Canada for full details. Is a wonderful time of the year if you care for that sort of thing. Some people like to stay home by the fire. Others like to go out and skate for hours on end. They don't even care which end. (laughs) And here at 79 Wistful Vista are two of our favorite winter sports Fibber McGee
1: and Molly. Don't get so close to the fireplace, dearie, you'll fall in.
2: (laughs) Think I ought to put on another log on?
1: No, I don't. You've got it so hot in here now, the doorknobs are turning brown.
2: Yeah, maybe it is a little warm at that. I'll open the window a second. Uh, Get a load of that ooze on.
1: Put that window down, please.
2: Oh, boy, that air is wonderful out there.
1: Well, leave it out there. (laughs) Don't bring it in here.
2: This is the kind of a night for a long walk, you know it. I'd like to get into my mucklucks, wrap a muffler around my neck, and hike out to Dugan's Lake and back.
1: Well, include me as the saying goes out. <laughs> I'm very happy right here uh, with my glass of root beer, my new murder mystery, and my pan full of popcorn, if you'll pardon the vulgar expression.
3: <laughs> yeah, but you Yeah, what?
1: you hitch up the dog sled and carry the serum to Alaska. Mommy stays home. <laughs> Go on, mush...
2: Yeah. <laughs> Chucks, we may not have another night like this all winter Clear, sharp, and beautiful Makes your blood tingle
1: I can get the same effect by sitting on my foot for 20 minutes <laughs>
2: Oh gee whiz! I don't want to go alone. I just thought maybe you were just
1: bluffing, dearie. I know you. You wouldn't stir away from this fireplace tonight if it was snowing ten dollar bills.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I'll show you who's bluffing, Tootsie. By George, I'm going to get into my coat and walk clear out to Dugan's Lake and back. That's where I'm going to walk clear out to and back.
1: (laughs) Your mittens are on the hall table.
2: Huh? Oh, oh, okay. Well, here I go. I'm going
4: now. Mr. McGee. Oh, hi, Alice. Hello, Alice, dear. You both look comfortable and happy sitting by this wonderful fire.
1: Well, himself here thinks it's very exhilarating weather, Alice. He's even thinking of
4: taking a long walk.
2: Out to Dugan's Lake and back, Alice.
4: Are you kidding, Mr. (laughs) McGee? Why, it's colder than the keel of a kayak.
2: Bah, just a tang in the air, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Look, what do you say we all go? We can throw snowballs on the way and build a snowman. Ha 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 ha! Dive into snowdrifts. Have fun. Come on, let's go.
1: Have some popcorn, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. What are you reading, Mrs. McGee? Oh, it's a new crime club book, Alice The Man Who Asked Why. Oh. Oh, it's wonderful. I've read page 39 four times, thanks to my little lover of the great outdoors here. <laughs>
2: okay, sissies. Okay, I'll go along then. You two panty waist can stay here and make like a couple of hothouse petunias.
4: Oh, well, I couldn't go anyway, Mr. McGee. Bud's calling for me in half an hour. We're going to a movie. Oh, who's Bud, dear? Uh, Bud is the floor walker in my department at the Bonton who always wears a carnation in his buttonhole's cousin.
3: <laughs> I see. <laughs>
2: well... You'll have to sit, if you don't get started pretty soon, because all the theaters are pretty crowded these days, in the balcony.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You and Bud will be perfectly welcome to stay here by the fire, Alice. There's plenty more popcorn and apples and marshmallows.
4: Oh, gee, (laughs) thanks, Mrs. McGee. Maybe I will ask Bud to stay here this evening. We could sit by the fire and... Oh, look at Mr. McGee. You look like you were going to the North Pole, Mr. McGee. <laughs> Enjoy yourself,
1: dearie.
2: Oh, I will, believe me. A few miles in this bracing air, and
1: I'll. I'll get it. I'll get
2: it. I'll get it. I'll get it. When will <laughs> I take this overcoat
1: off? You don't have to take your coat off to answer the phone.
2: Well, maybe somebody wants me to stay home for something, or other. <laughs> Hello? Who? Oh, yeah, yeah, she's right
4: here. For you, Alice. Oh, thanks, Miss McGee. Hello? Yes, this is Alice. What? No, that wasn't my father. That was the house that I rent a room in, (laughs) Zoner. Yes. Well, look, Bud, how about if we stay right here tonight? The fireplace is... What? Fine. Goodbye, Bud. He says I talked him into it.
1: (laughs) Well, get going, McGee. Here's your coat and mittens.
2: Huh? Oh, oh, well, okay. (laughs) Well, so long.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.
5: Well, here I go.
1: Hello,
3: McGee.
2: Anybody home? Oh, my gosh, old Doc Gamble. Come on in, Doc. Take off your things. Here, Molly, take my coat. I can't go out now. Yeah, we got company. Ah, good old Doc. Come on right in,
6: Doc. Sit a spell, huh?
5: this has all been very nice, but I don't want to upset any of your plans. I see little buckle wart here is all dressed up to go out. Ah, forget it, Doc. Stick around. I'm just going out for a little stroll is all. Nothing important. A little stroll? In this blizzard? Why, your ears would drop off before you got to the corner Not that that wouldn't be a facial improvement
4: Yeah He says he's going to walk out to Dugan's Lake and back, Doctor Creepers, that's quite a hike I rode out there once on the back of a fellow I knew at the airplane plant Named Ozzie Simpson's motorcycle (laughs) And was it ever rugged? Oh, you said it
2: Oh, sure. You're all making a lot of fuss about a little walk in the crisp winter air I like winter walking I feel marvelous with the wind in my face Head up, chest out, swing in my arms With the frosty stars twinkling
5: down Oh, uh, stop it, you little double-malted extrovert
3: <laughs> Well,
5: you hate winter weather as much as I do Anytime I deliberately walk into a gale, it'll be Gale Patrick <laughs>
3: Where
5: are you going, Alice?
4: Oh, I've got to go up and fix my hair, Doctor My boyfriend is coming over Have a nice walk, Mr. McGee Thanks,
5: kid, I will
4: Take off your things,
1: boys, and relax. I guess McGee's in for the night.
5: Why, of course he is. Ain't a fit night out for man nor beast. Not that McGee could be classified as either one.
1: <laughs>
5: I never heard such a lot of silly nonsense about a little walk in the fresh air. Okay, go ahead, deep freeze. <laughs> we'll give you a 10 minutes start, and then we'll send out the St. Bernard's. <laughs> what a switch that is. The dog's going to you.
2: Uh, I can take it I got Indian blood in me I'm one-sixteenth Potawatomi
1: You know, I think he really is, Doctor At least he dances much better alone than he does with me Well,
5: if he's one-sixteenth Indian My mummy was an Egyptian What does it prove, anyway? It's just... That's for me
1: How do you know, Doctor?
5: Anytime the weather gets below zero And I'm chatting comfortably in a warm home with friends And the phone rings It's for me Somebody's child has just swallowed a toy soldier, and I've got to go and demobilize him. (laughs) Well, what'd you expect? Did you take up medicine so he could sit in your big
2: fat office (laughs) all?
1: I'll get it. Seventy-nine Wistful Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Who? Yes, he's right here for you, Doctor.
5: It is. Thank you. Gamble speaking. Yes. Well, yes, I. uh, The bishop. Great Scott! Don't move him till I get there. Yes, yeah, yes, I'll hurry. Henry me a coat and hat, McGee, quick. See you later, folks. Oh, my gosh, something serious, doctor? Yes, when I left the hospital, I was in the middle of a chess game with one of the interns, and if he moves that bishop, I'm checkmated. Good night.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> ah,
1: well, better put your hat and coat away, dearie. I knew you wouldn't really go for a walk tonight.
2: Oh, you did, did you? You think that big fat pill pusher talked me out of it, did you? No, sir, he just got my back up. That's just what he got up. Hand me my mittens again. Here. Hey, wait a minute. You don't think I ought to stay till Alice's boyfriend gets here?
1: Oh, no, no, no. You run along, or I'll begin to suspect you of deliberately stalling.
2: Why, Molly, how could you think such a thing? Much less say it. Why, I've been just waiting for a night like this, with the lacy branches of the trees glittering with ice. Oh, my. With the clean, fresh air blowing through these mittens, I've got a hole in them, did you not? Know
1: LAUGHTER them when you get back, sweetheart. Have a nice walk.
2: Huh? Oh, oh, I sure will. Well, so long.
1: Hello
0: there. Anybody home?
1: Oh, well, uh, hi. Junior, come on in. Hey, Molly, here's your
5: Hold out there. Ah, uh,
0: Yeah. I don't want to break up anything, Mac, if you were going out. Hello, Molly.
1: Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Take off your coat and sit over here by the fire.
0: You're not interfering with a thing, Junior. Mighty glad to see you. I was merely going out for a little walk.
1: Out to Dugan's Lake and back.
0: Dugan's Lake? Why, there are ten-foot snowdrifts between here and Dugan's Lake. They wouldn't find your body till spring. <laughs> Why, it's a cold-out General Grant statue is flapping his
3: arms.
0: (laughs) Please, Junior, you
2: know I don't like to hear people exaggerate. (laughs) Anyway, cold weather don't frighten me. I was a fur trapper up north of Winnipeg for several years, you know that. And that's where they make the weather. I'll never forget one time... Here, let's let's take our coats off and be comfortable, Junior. Huh? Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'll never forget the time I was running my trap line and I smacked into a blizzard, thirty-two miles from my cabin. Gee, was it cold? Was it cold, Junior? It was so cold the teeth in my pocket comb were chattering.
3: <laughs>
2: the smoke from my campfire froze solid before it got five feet in the air. Oh. Just kind of congealed and fell over on the ground, and that's what saved my life.
1: Tell us about it, McGee. As if anybody could stop you. Well, sir,
2: quick's a flash I piled Pete on the campfire Pete? Oh, that's a kind of an inflammable turf, isn't it? Yeah, but I was referring to Pete Umguck An Eskimo that was working with me that season (laughs) I threw Pete on the fire Because he was wearing a sheepskin coat That would make a big smoke, you see Well, sir, fast as the smoke froze and fell down I'd grab it and start piling it up You ever handle any frozen smoke?
1: (laughs) Oh, but we've heard a lot of hot air that was pretty solid.
2: (laughs) Well, sir, frozen smoke is kind of like putty. Quite pleasant to work with. (laughs) And in 15 minutes, I'd build us a little igloo out of that frozen smoke that Pete and I lived in for 10 days. (laughs) And that darn near cost us our lives. Why, pal, did you inhale part of the ceiling... Oh, but me and Pete was playing a game of red dog when the thaw comes. All of a sudden, there we was, strangling and gasping and coughing. (laughs) That frozen smoke had melted and was choking us to death. Holding my breath, I grabs Pete and hauls him out into the open air. Then I rushes back into that cloud of smoke.
1: Oh, dear. What on earth for, dearie?
2: I'd left my cigarette burning. (laughs) Dangerous thing to do in the woods. Well, sir, that little experience taught me a valuable lesson, Junior. It did, eh? Yes, sir. From that day on, I never played another game of Red Dog with an Eskimo.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, if you should trap a few seals on your way to Dugan's Lake tonight, dearie, mother could use a nice new coat, you know.
0: Hey, are you serious about taking
2: a walk tonight, Mac? I've never been serious in my life, Junior. There's nothing better for the inside of a man than the outside of a house, I always say. Remember, all our famous men have been great walkers.
1: Oh, I don't know, dearie. You know, uh, Christopher Columbus rode a boat, Paul Revere rode a horse, and Fred Allen rides Jack Benny.
0: (laughs) Yes, and don't forget that for a while, walking met a great deal of opposition, too.
2: What do you mean, opposition?
0: Whom from? Housewives.
2: Uh Uh-oh. Oh, how do you like that? I ran into that with my big fat eyes wide open.
5: (laughs)
0: Why can't I ever... What I mean is, housewives used to complain about people walking over their kitchen linoleum, tracking it up with mud and snow and rain. But that was before they discovered Johnson's self-polishing glow coat.
1: You're not whistling Dixie, Mr. Wilcox.
0: Yes, you know that housewives now, they know that spilled things and foot tracks can be so easily and quickly wiped off a Johnson glow-coated linoleum, why now they welcome the milkman on a muddy day. Yeah, they do if he's got any butter,
3: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, In fact,
0: get... you know, glow-coat is one of the great labor-saving devices of the 20th century. No rubbing, no buffing. Just spread it around and let it dry. No fuss, no fume, no fret, no more popcorn. No.
1: <laughs> now, McGee just ate the last handful, Mr. Wilcox. Can you wait till I pop some more? No,
0: thank you. I've got to get along home. My wife promised me we were going to have Crab Louie for dinner tonight.
2: Oh, well, trot along, Lexie. Don't keep him waiting.
0: <laughs> keep who waiting? This Crab Louie, whoever he is. <laughs> oh, okay, pal. Good night, Molly. Good
1: night, Mr. Wilcox. Looks
0: <laughs> oh, cold out there. And
1: Now, for your information, dearie, Crab Louie is a kind of a salad.
2: How do you know? You ever meet him?
1: It's not a him. It's a dish. Made of crab meat.
2: Oh, oh, I see. Did he invent it? Who? This guy, Louis. Louis who? Who well, search me. I never met him. He's a friend of Wilcox's.
1: Well, uh, we'll ask them to bring him over some night.
2: Sure, sure. What do we care if he's a crab? <laughs> we'll jolly him up a bit. Well, I suppose I better be making some more popcorn.
7: No, dearie,
1: I'll make the popcorn. You go on, take your walk. That is, if you weren't just kidding about it all this time. What do
2: you mean, kidding? When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Come anything or high water. Where's my overshoes? Ah, here they are.
1: Are you really going, McGee? (sighs) You
2: betcha. And save a little popcorn for me. I won't be gone more than three or four hours. Nothing like a brisk hike in the winter air to give a guy an appetite. Well, so long now.
7: Goodbye, pet. Thank you, Mr. McGee. I was just about to ring the doorbell. Oh, well, look who's
2: here. Hi, Carsty. I'm glad to see you. Come in, come in, come in. Hey, Molly, look who's here. It's old lady... Er, uh, it's Mrs. Carstairs. Ah, uh,
1: do come in, Mrs. Carstairs. <laughs> Shut that door, McGee, for me to side.
2: <laughs> Carsty, you'll never know how glad I am to see you. Shake hands and pardon my mittens.
7: Uh, thank you, Mr. McGee. Goodness, that fire feels good, Mrs. McGee. If I may quote my husband, I'm colder than a well digger's memories. <laughs> but, uh, am I detaining you, Mr. McGee? I see you're dressed to go out. Oh, no,
2: nothing important, Kirsty. Just going out for a little stroll.
7: Yes, out to Dugan's Lake and back. Really? At 12 below zero? If you have a grudge against your insurance company, Mr. McGee, wouldn't it be simpler just to stand up in the bathtub and stick your wet finger into a light socket? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I guess you underestimate me as an outdoors man, Tarsty. Did you know I was a fur trapper for several years up in the Saskatchewan country? Oh, dear. I'll never forget. One day I got caught in a terrific blizzard 32 miles from my cabin.
7: Good heavens, Mr. McGee. Was it cold?
2: Was it cold? My cow gave ice cream for two weeks. <laughs>
1: Amazing! Yes, it seems another po- impossibility.
2: Anyway, Carsey, here I was. Caught in this terrific blizzard, even the smoke from my campfire froze before it got five feet into the air. Just kind of congealed and fell to the ground. And that's what saved my life. Because quick's a flash, I piled Pete on the fire, and when I got him going... good.
3: But...
0: Kingsman sing yadda ta When
6: I put my arm around you And we're going for a walk Must you yadda-ta, yadda-ta, Talk, talk, talk When we're sitting close together In a cozy taxi cab Must you yadda-ta, yadda-ta, Get, get, get Aristotle, Mathematics Economics and teachers, then psychology, biology, photography, biography, (laughs) slow down, who cares? There's a brand new moon this evening, and the weather should be fine. If you yet again, yet again, yet again, yet again, same online, I'll politely close your lips with mine. conversation I heard Pardon me if I quote My last pair of nylons developed to run from the knee to the toe Do you know anyone who can get any more without standing in line? Don't you think Spencer Tracy is simply divine? Shall we go to a movie, my dear, by the way? Do you like the new turban I'm wearing today? Can we find a cafe with a nice atmosphere? I was sold out of a state Did you say something, dear? Mm. You do it every time There's a brand new moon this evening And the weather should Fine if you yet to get yet to day yet to get yet to get same online oh, I would really love to pop you i know the only way to stop you.
2: That little experience taught me a valuable lesson, Karsty.
7: Did it indeed, Mr. McGee? Yes,
2: sir. From that day on, I never played red dog with an Eskimo.
7: Wasn't that an interesting experience, Mrs. Carstairs? It really was, my dear. And while it might seem incredible to some, I happen to know it's true. You, <laughs> you do? Yes. You see, Mr. Carstairs and I were motoring through Maine one winter en route to our hunting lodge. My husband goes up there every year to move shoes. i shoot moose.
1: And what happened, Mrs. Carstairs?
7: We had a blowout just as we encountered a blizzard. But my husband leaped out of the car, lit a cigar, and started blowing smoke rings, which froze almost instantly, of course.
2: Oh, well, Nat.
7: (laughs) Finally, he blew one the exact size of our tires, mounted it on the rim, and we reached our hunting lodge in the nick of time.
1: What did you do when it melted, Millicent? Oh,
7: we're still using it, my dear. Yes, it's quite amusing how that tire has baffled our ration board. And do you know, every cold winter day since that time, my husband has smoked rough cut tobacco.
2: What for, Karsty?
7: He's trying to blow a smoke ring with a tread on it.
1: <laughs>
7: well, this has all been very entertaining, but I simply must go. Good evening. Good
1: night, Mrs. Carsty.: Good night, Good Millicent.
2: You ever hear such a line of malarkey in all your born
3: days?
2: (laughs) Who does she think she's kidding with that smoke ring stuff? (laughs) Frozen smoke rings Why, that's impossible!
1: (laughs) You know how some people exaggerate, dearie Yeah And you better get out of that overcoat It's too late to go for a walk now
2: Too late for who? I ain't afraid of the dark I said I was going to walk to Dugan's Lake and back and by, George, I'm going to do it And right now, too Where's my mittens? Oh, here they are well, so
1: long. Bless his brave little heart. He hates walking like a jockey and snow like the Miami Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> but he'll trudge out to Dugan's Lake like a little man. Hey, Molly. Look who I found
2: coming up our front walk, old Civic Virtue himself. Come on in, Latrivia, old man, come on in.
8: Uh, quit shoving me, McGee.
1: <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Mayor.
8: Good evening, Mrs. McGee. Though it certainly is a bit of cold one. Yeah, it's cold, but it's stimulating, boy. <sighs> I, I don't suppose you'd have a small glass of something My to, uh... goodness,
1: what's the matter with me? McGee, get his honor a nice cold glass of root beer. Why, sure, are. No, no,
8: no, no. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, anyway. I, uh, come to think of it, if I took any liquids, I'd clink all the way home. (laughs) As I was saying to our street commissioner this morning, Bunderson, I said, this is the coldest... Incidentally,
2: Latrivia, how much does he get a year?
8: Who, the street commissioner? Ah. Well, you're a taxpayer, so I suppose you're entitled to the information. His salary is $7,500 per annum. How much is that a year?
1: (laughs) Moran, a means a year, McGee.
2: Oh, well, is that in addition to his commissions,
1: Latrivia?
8: What commissions?
1: Any commissions. He's a commissioner, isn't
8: he? Yes, but he, uh, he doesn't work on commission. He gets a straight salary. Well, then why do they call him a commissioner? Because he belongs to the street commission, you idiot.
1: Oh, he belongs to the commission, but the commissions don't belong to him, huh?
8: Is that your idea of fair play, Latrivia?
2: Guy works all year long earning commissions, and the city says, no, you take your straight salary
1: and like it.
8: By George, I'm going to start an investigation, La Trivia. That'll start. You me. go right ahead, McGee. I've been investigated by bigger dunderheads than you in my day, and if I now, can...
1: now, now, there's no use flying into a rage, Mister Mayor. No. I assure you, the investigation will be fair and impartial. Certainly.
2: All we want is a square deal for our public servants. Of course, but the man then, man he... earns a commission;
8: he's entitled to get a commission. But he doesn't. Plus get... his salary. But he's not entitled to a commissary, uh, to a commission, as a murder. As a member of the common council.
6: A council. What I
8: mean to say is that the street... He's a... We all in the... Uh, That is Uh, (laughs) the... McGee. Hey. Will you do me a favor?
1: Why, of course he will, Mr. Mayor.
8: Just name it, Latrivia. Well, when you get to Dugan's Lake... Will you walk out to the exact middle of it and jump up and down
3: Hard!
2: Now, there goes a very thoughtless guy. I don't suppose he ever stopped to think what might happen if I jumped up and down on the ice on Dugan's Lake.
3: It's
2: pretty thin out there in the middle fella could bust right through. Oh,
1: well, he didn't know what he was saying, most likely. Look, dearie, if you're not going to Dugan's Lake, and I wouldn't blame you if you didn't... What do you
2: mean, if I'm not going? Certainly I'm going, and right away, too. I got my back up about this thing by George. I'll hate myself in the morning if I don't go through with it now. So long, baby.
1: Wait a minute. Here's your mitten. Huh?
2: Oh. Oh, thanks. Well, so long.
1: Enjoy yourself, darling. Okay. Ah! Heavenly days I do believe he's really going. Well, now where was I? Oh yes, page 39 the alley where the dead man had been found was a blind airway between a. Minute.
2: Molly, I'm home, safe and sound. What time is it? Oh,
1: hello, dearie. Ah. It's just 1030. You've only been gone three hours. Did you enjoy your walk? Oh, it was marvelous.
2: I'm pretty tired, but it was worth it. Did you ever see the moonlight on Lake Dugan in wintertime? Oh. I'm telling you, it's a spectacle. The stillness, the blue shadows of the trees on the dunes. Oh. The swoop of a night owl over the drifted snow. Ah, by George, Molly, it's an experience that I'll never forget.
1: I'll get it, McGee. You must be completely worn out. Sit down and rest, sweet. Ah. 79 Wistful Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Yeah. Who? Oh, he did? Ah, oh, well, thank you very much, I'm sure. Goodbye. <laughs> it was Kramer's Drugstore, McGee.
2: Kramer's Drugstore? what do they want?
1: They said to tell you you left your mittens on the pinball machine.
2: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, one of America's favorite comedians comes back to the NBC airwaves tonight. You'll hear him on his new show over most of these stations directly following Bob Hope.
1: Yes, and we know you join us in wishing good luck and even greater success to Red Skelton.
2: Red has spent two years in the Army, folks, doing a grand job of entertaining our men here on the high seas and in Europe. Red is one of the fortunate G.I.s who has an assured future.
1: But there are thousands and thousands of men who will for many years be dependent on you and us for hospital care. For rehabilitation and return to civil life. And there's a debt of honor we owe the families of those who lost their lives in our service.
2: The only way we can really pay these obligations is by our purchases of victory bonds. A profitable security for you and a much-needed loan to our country.
1: Remember, it's strictly G.I., government issue, a grand investment, and gratitude implied. Good night. Good night, all.
0: This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good
8: night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.